do some damn research. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, that's why they're yeah, that's here. Right. Never right. Yeah. Do some, some do people some don't even know it exists. To be honest, yeah. they don't know this stuff I mean, exists. I didn't until exist. three years ago. Oh, the I've said I've said FOC to people before, and they're like, "What? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah that, FO, that yeah. What what's your FOC? And like, I don't. Yeah, what? I don't, I don't know, what that is. know what that is. Or uh, I, I talked to a guy at Cabela's the other day that was like, "Oh yeah, I've got." built-in foc with my carbon express arrows and i was like mm, like no, no you, you have don't. a sticker towards the front is what you have because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what they even said it in their video they're like yeah like it's the sticker uh, <laughs> like, that's not that's not how that yeah, works though yeah <laughs> might add like half a percent of foc yeah not if not, anything not much not not even. much but uh yeah, so twelve penetration factors. Um, so we're going to also yeah. Hold yeah. on one sec, Matt. I would like to say that this it does say twelve penetration factors, but this is really just things you should follow to have a quality arrow build as well. Yeah. Like yeah. this thing, like this list, always focuses on penetration, and that's one of the biggest hangups for people that are just getting into heavier arrows or whatever, because they're like, "Well, I've always gotten the pass through." Mm-hmm. Like. But I don't know what else I need to like penetration is not an issue. I just want to shoot a heavier right. arrow. So this is also just something that can make your arrow better, better built. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'm sitting here looking at this 2019 update and uh, like literally the very first point that he has is penetration is paramount. And that is, you know, a lot of, uh, blood trails get all the glory in uh, in bow hunting, but uh, it's it's penetration and uh, causing an animal to not be able to breathe is what kills them. Mm-hmm. Rare, rarely do they actually die by hemorrhaging by a loss of blood. They die because these freaking dogs, man. Uh, they they die uh, because they can't breathe anymore. And if you put two holes in them that are not supposed to be there, then they won't run far. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. talk about blood trails all you want, but not taking the wind out of an animal is what's actually going to kill them. Um, well, I guess before we do that, should we take like uh, five, 10 minutes to talk about what we did in archery this week? Sure. Well, Blaine, you, uh, you had a monumental day today. If you want to, if you want to kick it off, it's new bow day, new bow day, new bow day. Yeah, so I how got, many how many how many do you have now, Blaine? I actually sold a couple. So oh yeah, I'm, that doesn't answer. I'm the not. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to <laughs> stop being evasive. <laughs> I have one, two. I have five right now. You have five? I have That's five, all. Five more. Two, wow. two more on the way. Don't worry. Yeah. Next well, two weeks, I got go. two more really sweet bows coming. But uh, yeah, go. that's not too bad. I just got uh, my 19 inch ILF from Aaron M. Hoff. He's only on Instagram, actually. You cannot. That guy is a ghost. I don't even know how I stumble across his stuff, but he basically builds ILF risers out of his garage, and they're really nice. So, how how, uh, what's how do you spell his last name so we can uh, tell tell people how to how to creep him? Oh, sorry. E M H O F F. All right. Aaron, I think it's double A A A R O N. A A R O N. Cool. Super nice guy. He's uh helped me out with some stuff with it. Like he had it almost finished. 
And I forgot to tell him I wanted it drilled and tapped for like a adjustable side plate type of a deal. If I could ever find such a thing like that push AccuTune or something. Yeah, yeah. And he actually took the time to like rough it up again, drill it and tap it, and then refinish it for me. So that was super cool. So yeah, yeah. Well, look at ready. I'll tune up some arrows on Wednesday for it. So. Yeah, thing is, it's all phenolic, so it's freaking heavy. It's like th- almost three pounds by itself. So it's awesome. It'll be perfect for uh, hunting and three D and everything. So yeah, cool. Looks it, look, it looks freaking cool. I know that. Yep. Uh, Garrett, you, I, I don't think did you hunt this past weekend or was it the weekend before? Mm, weekend before. Okay, yeah, it's been a minute since we've. We're not supposed to talk about that though, right? Well, I, I, well, yeah, I didn't, no, I, did, I, can, didn't I didn't say, I didn't say what he was hunting. <laughs> I just mentioned, mentioned that he hunted. We, yep. we didn't find what we set out to try to kill. Um, they must have found some private land to hole up on, but I did shoot a coyote and I never, I never found it, but it's dead somewhere. Nice. Yeah. Well, so, only good coyote, the coyote. dead coyote. Yep. Right. Um, sure. do you do anything else? Yeah, it is also a new bow day. Oh, yeah. God, man. Everyone's getting new bows. <laughs> what is this? Sweet. The thing is sweet, man. Yeah. What'd you, yeah, what'd, I, what'd you get? Tell the tell the masses. I bought a flat dark earth realm X. Um, I was looking at, what was I looking at? I looked at, I actually shot the Mako, the expedition Mako. I shot that thing again. And for those guys that may have not shot it, you should. I almost bought that bow, um, but it wasn't quite as efficient as I was looking for. It's still pretty good, but for how high the IBO was, um, I just didn't like it as much as the Real Max. Yeah. But that bow at 28 and a half, which is what I shot it at a couple weeks ago, and then they got one in at 29 and a half yesterday, or whatever day I was in there is the day they got that bow in. And uh, I shot it at 29 and a half, and it felt like mm-hmm. a completely different bow. I was very confused. It can make a huge hmm. difference. Um, and you said you said that was the same cam, right? Like it's not like it's yeah, not like, like you it was just from a, like a number two to a number three cam. You you swap them. No, on, they so. only have yeah, they only have one cam. But it was yeah, it was it felt like it was not, you know, all the way uh, turned mm-hmm. up. It felt like it was like five pounds lighter. Is that a I was uh, very confused? Is that a rotating mod or is it a, a swappable? Mod? Uh, just a yeah. swappable mod. Gotcha. But yeah, I was super confused because I didn't really like like I liked how the 28 and a half shot, but that's obviously too short for me. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to shoot the 29 and a half when they found it mm-hmm. or when I saw that they had it. Um, but yeah, shot it and like, you know, it was OK, but like there's no hand shock, mm-hmm. no nothing like that bow is dead and it's super quiet. Um but the uh, Realm X draw is just a little bit smoother, and that's kind of what I wanted because I've got my Destroyer, uh, which mm-hmm. is, you know, it's got a pretty rough rollover. Yeah. But um, I'm used to that, but, I you know, I wanted one that's a little bit smoother because I can, uh, my string maker buddy can get it up a little bit higher than advertised those, poundage safely. So I wanted something a little bit smoother. Those are shooters yeah. when I shot a and, compound. That was my last bow I owned was a was a Botex, so they're mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah, it's weird that I have, well, you know, I'll be exclusively Botech this year, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Oh, they, that hasn't been the case for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, they're, every, in, in compounds, they're probably my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Man, every every Bowtech that I have like helped tune has been like once it's gotten tune, like good luck getting it out of tune. Like if there, I, yeah. it just yeah. it's oh, yeah. impossible I mean, to the... shoot it bad. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. With the dual yokes, it's super easy to it's, like yeah. it took me it's a breeze. Yeah, it took me five arrows to bear shaft, I think, for my destroyer. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. Well, that, that was easy. Yeah. That was it's done. a breeze. Yeah. Super well, easy with dual yokes. Tuning is important, which we're going to talk about here in a couple minutes. Um, <clears throat> so I didn't, I shot a little bit. Oh, no, I did shoot. Well, it, it wasn't this week. It was last weekend, I think. It was last Saturday. Shot. Uh, Trying to kill your fence. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a fence uh, behind the range uh, or behind mm. the at, at the range, like behind a target. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's first time uh, I had shot a compound. Well, second time I had shot a compound in a year and a half. And the first time I had shot further than like 20 yards, because the time I went before, I was literally just trying to get it zeroed at like at 20 and get like a halfway decent uh, tune on it with arrows that I knew I wasn't going to use so I didn't spend a ton of time and so I stepped back to after I shot 20 and 30 then I stepped back to 60 and after I got my yardage dialed in I put three that were probably within like four inches of each other which is like I'm okay with that at 60 yards and but one of them I think it was the second arrow. No, it was the first arrow I shot. Uh, but I saw it like literally like disappear into the like white cup that I had sta- like stapled onto the target. Uh, it went through the target, hit the wood behind it, like a wooden fence made out of two by fours, bounced back through the target and then snapped. So, so, uh, and that was a, uh, 655 grain arrow at 60 yards and the first yeah. time I had shot a compound in a year and a half really yes. realistically hmm. so yeah. pretty it's pretty okay with uh with that and uh, yeah. got the wife's wife's bow tuned in a little a little bit more she's gonna try and shoot turkey this year with her bow so pretty excited about that need to need to find her some different broadheads but we'll get her tuned up here but I'm gonna Probably tomorrow, I think my wife has like a nail appointment or something tomorrow night. So I'm going to build uh, uh, these serious arrows uh, with uh, those ethics components. And uh, there's something else I had to wait on. Oh, I'm going to, I bought um, some four inch parabolics that I'm going to cut down to that three inch A and A cut. Mm-hmm. So those are, those are sexy. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. And this will actually, uh, this will be my first arrow that I've ever done wraps on. I've never done wraps mm. before. So Really? Yeah, I've never have. So Yeah, I've honestly, since I started messing with it, I'm a big fan of just painting the ends. Like, I don't have the fancy cresting dip or whatever, right. so mm-hmm. I just use spray paint, but that's so much easier. Yeah. That's it. I want to try that. So what I, colors I'm Just a little bit. Hot paint. Uh, masking. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I just use, um, you know, just mask it off. And then I use like a flat white or, um, 
yeah, either flat or like semi-gloss white and then mm -hmm. you can buy like the fluorescent colors or you can use whatever color you want but i try to i use flat usually just because i feel like it'll adhere better but i've done it on gloss too and it works just fine interesting <laughs> just spray paint yep <laughs> um don't use shit which one's the good one one of them Cry doesn't on. work yeah i'm pretty sure krylon's the one that does not work but yeah. rust-oleum works great great hmm. <laughs> Cool. We'll have to try that. I'll double check, but it might be the other way around. That's an ever... easy way of kind of cresting or whatever the heck you want to call yeah. it. Yeah, and you don't have to buy the $200 yeah. boning Spinner kit. thing, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Do, uh, when you, you don't, you don't shoot any feathers, do you, Garrett? Uh, I did, I shot some razors for a short period of time, okay. but. Wait, I, was it, I don't... was it you that doesn't, that doesn't use, uh, feather tape or is that Blaine? Uh, Blaine hasn't. I oh, okay. I did. I used some. I actually bought some because it was on clearance or something and gotcha. tried it. But it's pretty sweet. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm wondering. I'm wondering how because I I use feather tape and like on my original 400 TDTs like that I've probably mm -hmm. put through. I'm guessing I've put those like through targets. Like each arrow, I'd guess at least 20 times. Like it's just ended up going through completely through a target. Mm -hmm. And literally not mm -hmm. a single vein or uh, feather has come off. And they yeah. were all the feather. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I'd be worried that they'd, well, I mean, I guess they'd get beat to hell if you're using them on a trad bow or whatever. I'd be yeah. worried that with the extra speed, if they did go through a target, they'd rip off. But maybe, yeah, maybe but, uh, could be. We're going to try it. We're going to, so I think we do a four fledged <laughs> ANA on that. So mm -hmm. pretty, uh, pretty excited. So hopefully build those tomorrow and get That's to, Get to shooting that and get it ready for uh, turkey season. Yeah, that's what I ran last year. Was a four fletch A and A cut. I cut them at two and a half. Oh. Though it was, I did white ones. They were pretty sweet. I forgot to show you guys these. I don't know. I don't know if I've told anyone that I've got these special special premiere. Kind of. I have some <gasps> meatheads. Meatheads. Ooh, yeah. Hundred ninety grains. Of death, nice. They are dope. Like I mean, sharp. Like stupid sharp. I was sharp. Say, those come sharp. Yes, yes, they are real sharp. Yeah, nice. like stupid sharp. Uh, Unlike another broadhead, we shall not name. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say until later. Yeah, I'm not gonna say who they are, but uh, um, you two know who they are. Mm -hmm. And man, let me tell you, dull as dirt. Like, I mean, dull, dull, dull. I can't, like, I was pressing, well, as we kind of, kind of get away, I was pressing it to where the blades would collapse, and, like, I don't even have, like, a mark on my index or thumb. Dude, I was thinking about that, like, you know, you see, even in their their videos yeah and a couple other ones that you've seen like you see people pushing on the blade like any of the broadheads i buy i'm not mm, doing no, that hell crazy? no absolutely not i wouldn't even do that i mean i wouldn't do that with mo like a slick trick I'm that's what i say that. man i have i have opened i have opened myself up on slick oh, tricks yeah. before oh yeah and multiple I mean, the, times then yeah. you don't even know that you've done it you're yeah. like oh i'm bleeding yeah. again yeah. Right. Have, there's this blood everywhere slick tricks or even the muzzy trocar that was actually a pretty i mean it's a short little fat thing but i shot three deer with those yeah. and those were those were always sharp out of the box too but not very not that yeah the 
the Valkyries when those oh, things gosh. show up. Like they didn't look super sharp, and then yep, I touched I did one and too. cut myself. Like, First oh. day I owned them. Well, yeah, those <laughs> yeah. things are stupid. Those and actually, I'm surprised those Ashby heads I got, those factory seconds, they're not even sharp, sharpened, mm-hmm. but they are sharp. Like just yeah, the, my the razor still edge hair. is like, yeah, I cut myself yeah. on them. I keep forgetting I've got I've got six of those Ashby's lying yeah. out here somewhere. I, I keep forgetting I've got those. I'm going to have. Man, maybe I should just. You know what? Maybe I should just use those for turkey hunting. I might yeah. just shoot a <laughs> shoot a 315 grain broadhead at a turkey like just because oh, yeah. because because Why reasons. Do you have the spine for that? Uh, yeah, I've got oh, a 250. I've got a 250 spine. Oh. You should be OK. I could, oh. man, I, it's going to be, <laughs> you're pushing it. I'm going to have, well, the ins, oh, yeah, you're right. Inserts, uh, <laughs> the inserts, a hunt, the inserts, a hundred grains uncut. So I'll be at 450 yeah, up front. I feel, feel like you're a bit over there. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try it I can though. Do the math real quick, but I'm pretty sure you're off. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would love for you to shoot, shoot that out of Turkey, but buddy, I don't think that's going to work. I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you try, man. I, I want to see it. I want to see it. I don't have to shoot too far. So, speaking right. of Ashby and uh, shooting heavy arrows, <laughs> uh, we're going to go into a, a may, maybe I don't know. We don't spoiler alert. We don't know what we're doing with this podcast. So, you're everyone else just kind of on along with the ride for with us. So, uh, it'll probably be you know. 15 minute tangents until we decide to be done. Yeah, that's yep. And that's, that's the podcast. There you go. Um, if, if you get lost, sorry, uh, we'll try to yeah bring it back around each time. Yeah. But in, uh, in, in between, in between guests, I think we're going to start, uh, maybe a short series, uh, called back to the basics. And we're just going to talk about, uh, things that, um, I think a lot of advanced archers forget, uh, or forget to talk about, uh, cause we, you know, uh, with this podcast, we, uh, one of the big reasons that we did it was because the misinformation that new archers are getting. Uh, so I feel like all of us are kind of convicted to try and get good information out there and we don't want it to be completely over the head of newer archers as well. So mm-hmm. we're going to take a couple episodes to, uh, in between guests to just kind of talk about, uh, things that, we should all remember as bow hunters. Uh, and I figured we'd start today with, uh, um, I don't want to, it's certainly not the, uh, uh, the, the Bible of bow hunting, but I think, uh, I think the 12 penetration factors that, uh, Dr. Ashby was, uh, gracious enough to put together is definitely a really good start, mm-hmm. um, to what you should be doing. And this isn't, uh, um, because apparently this needs to be said, so we're going to, uh, this isn't a demand or requirement that you shoot a 650 grain arrow with a single bevel that's a tapered arrow and all this, that, and the other that apparently we force down everyone's throat. Uh, um, and there is no, there is no sacrifice for mass and just huge broadheads. Don't care about arrow flight. Don't care about any of that. This is not that. This is a discussion about things that you should probably do when you're building an arrow. Uh, and why they're important. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's and just to piggyback off of you. Uh, and you can go to Grizzly Sticks website or it's also on. Um, it's on Tough Heads, too. Mm-hmm. 
Tough Heads and, and Jake's website, yeah, right? Uh, it's okay. So it's on Grizzly Sticks. It's on Tough Head. Jason. Oh God. Uh, Wojohowitz. Yeah, I hope you. Do. I think Jason Wojohowitz. Uh, Tough Head website. Jason. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we'll just Wojo. call you Wojo from now. Yeah, on. Wojo. There, there it is. <laughs> it's on Wojo's website on Tough Heads. Uh, toughhead.com. And uh, so then it's also on Jake's website, uh, which is Danger Close Outdoors. If you just Google that, it'll pop up. And it's also on Rob's website. Uh, yeah. I think it's uh, mm-hmm. Dynamic Archery Solutions, something like that. Yep. Is that right? So, anyway, yep. I hope that's right. He's eventually uh, going to be a And by the so. way, <laughs> Wojo, if you're listening, sorry I didn't uh, get to be with you guys. It's okay. all right. We but forgive you. It was still a good podcast even without me. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> you're so nice. Yeah. Um, so this this thing is, you know, it's called the 12 penetration factors. And yeah, like we said earlier, one of the main things that we get push, like I've seen pushback on is, well, I don't have an issue with penetration. I just want to shoot a heavier, well, like better built arrow. It's like, yes, but you haven't had penetration issues, most likely because your shot placement has been good. Yep. Um, keep doing that and these yeah keep doing that that's first and foremost like proper shot placement is assumed we've said this before we said this in episode one you can go that, back and listen to it that's why it's not on the list the right. shot placement that's why it is not, not on, on the list. list it's never on the list because you should already be doing that but yes. everybody yep. knows once that arrow leaves your bow it's no longer in your control yep yeah um so in these you know in the 2019 update that you can find on grizzly sticks website this is directly from the write-up says enhancing any factor boost your arrows penetration potential so there's 12 factors Mm -hmm. even if you pick one you're gonna up your penetration potential because you did something that is going to make something of whatever you're shooting better Mm -hmm. and you might you know you might go down this list and you might already have you know, five out of the 12 or whatever already ticked off. And you're like, oh, well, I'm pretty good. But what else could I do? And Mm -hmm. there's always probably always something because, yeah, unless you're a crazy OCD guy and you've already done all 12, but whatever. Right. Even I I don't do all 12. So, yeah, not many people do. Even (laughs) even the the quote unquote, you know, Ashby Bible thumpers like right. in yeah. every like, well, in, 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 in every well in every single poll that we have done like within our own communities like literally less than 10% of those people shoot over 650 grains right right like which is which is the number that's thrown around a lot by by us we just talk about it I'm not saying that everyone absolutely has to do it you can kill plenty of animals with less than that never oh, said yeah. you have to have it but uh, like keep in mind that that is even within our tiny niche community, that's still at a, an, a very small amount. I think it was like over 50% of guys were between five to 600 grains, mm-hmm. which is yeah. like Good. very like a 500 grain arrow is not difficult to build. No. Like you can, yeah. you can build it. You can build out of anything. Yeah. Anyone can build a 500 grain arrow. It's not hard. So great. Yeah. Keep that, keep yeah. that in mind. Uh, I like I like I this quote. That's five hundred grain arrow, and I literally just bought stuff stock. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Like it's Easton not... sells stuff stock now. That's right. five hundred grains. Easy. Not a problem. Yeah. I like I like this quote. So I'll 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 lead off with this quote, then we'll jump into number one. Uh, to maximize successful hits, always try for the best, but be prepared for the worst. 
Mm-hmm. Like uh, that that sums up basically everything that we're about to talk about. Shot placement yeah, is assumed. We, right. <clears throat> build, we say build that too. But as soon as you peep, like for whatever reason, as soon as they like, I say they, but people that, you know, will be like, oh, you don't need to do that. Blah, blah, blah. The, the first thing I hear when you say prepare for the like when I say I prepare for the worst, people are like, well, it's not going to matter because if you hit that, it's over anyways. It's not going to get through that. Or it's like, well, you shouldn't have to prepare for the worst because your shot should have been good enough. You should have focused on shot placement, shot placement, shot placement, shot placement. It's like, dude, lay off the shot placement. We're past that. That was assumed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why you're already on this or still on it. I don't get it. I have a quick statistic that is actually quoted in here. Uh, and I haven't seen this 2019 update. Like, actually, none of us had seen it before we jumped on this call to record. So... The 2019 update that, we're, that I'm looking at is on the Grizzly Stick website if you want to look at that. Uh, but there's a stat here that I'm going to pull off at the end that I'm going to circle back around to Garrett's point, but it's going to be a minute before we get to that. So uh, number one is really simple, but it's like people don't care about it. It just kind of blows my mind is number one is structural integrity. You're, if your broadhead breaks or if you're more importantly if your arrow breaks uh then you have no more penetration uh go forward right uh tip curl can result in the loss of penetration just i mean structural integrity is number one if stuff if stuff starts to break you don't have any more penetration if stuff starts to bend your penetration is seriously inhibited this is i saw a uh uh small scuffle breakout on the internet today uh, about a do, would you rather have a blade break or bend? And I sat there and I thought about it for a little bit and I, I'm going to go back to the, an animal dies because of two holes in it versus one option. And I think I haven't thought this like all the way through yet, which maybe that's a, poor decision to make while talking on a podcast i think if i had a fixed blade i would rat well either i guess fixed or mechanical ugh. i would rather have it at least part of the blade break and the broadhead continue to go through at the same rate than i would have it bend and completely stop penetration definitely I agree. I want to. Are we in the same? Are we? Are we in that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like if the broadhead, like if if, if it's a, like you said, if it's between it bending and stopping mm -hmm. or breaking and then I get a pass through, like, yeah, I might have only had one cutting edge going like continue on through if it's a two blade or whatever, or if it's a three blade, then I've only got two out of three. Right. But I have holes on both sides. Yep. Yep. So. 100%. That's better. And this is also a thing. It's in the very beginning of this, I think. Um, What's that? Yeah, it's a, in the bold. Um, an arrow shaft remaining in the wound channel applies pressure on the tissues, retarding blood loss. So yep. you don't want that arrow to be stuck in the animal. You want it to be out or else it's not going to bleed as much. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, so absolutely. If you can get, even if even if you can get a hole in both sides, but the arrow is still stuck in it for a short period of time, once that arrow comes out, going to get more blood. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to dip into uh, very quickly. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it because we'll, we're going to probably talk. I want to talk about this like very at length later, but there's a part in Jeremy Johnson's book where he talks about 
the there's a hydrostatic lock between the lungs and the rib cage that is you know the rib cage is basically attached to mm-hmm. the uh the outer the outer or the the inner part of the thorax you yep. know the, mm-hmm. the abdomen of the of the animal and there is a fluid in there called pleural mm-hmm. fluid and if you th- think of it like if you put a uh, piece of if you like put some drops of water on a glass table and then put like a like a glass coaster on it how hard it is to pick it up it's because yeah. this water creates a hydrostatic lock and that's what pleural fluid does to lungs and that's how your lungs collapse and, and uh, uh expand yeah. right so if you can break this hydrostatic lock with the pleural it fluid no then breathe. the lungs are no longer right it can't breathe because the lungs are attached to the uh, uh, to the ribs, uh, through that hydrostatic lock. So even, uh, uh, if you, if you get through into one lung or I'm sorry, if you get through into two lungs, the animal can still live because the other lung may not fully collapse. Like mm-hmm. an animal can live on one lung. I think all of us have seen that. Yeah. People. Yeah, exactly. Well, didn't John Wayne have one lung for like most of his life? Yeah. Yeah, he did. It's, it's actually kind of, I'm pretty sure he did. My uncle is a huge John Wayne fan. I'm pretty sure he's told me that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like uh, he, had a, um, he had a class but, long at least. Yeah, my buddies are guides, and they've seen elk live for either weeks or you know they live a long time on one lung. Mm-hmm. Yeah, elk close can. to him again. So yeah, yep. It seems like elk are really well known for that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Tough. Well, when your other lung is, fr- when your lungs are huge, you can probably function off the other lung yeah, for a while if you need right. to. So, um, yeah, holes in both lungs uh, to to at least create a hole on the offside is is of utmost importance. Mm-hmm. So, I think I would rather have a broad head that would shear and or snap rather than curl and completely mm-hmm. stop penetration. And going back to that. What did he, I don't I don't know the technical terms for this stuff, but what was that fluid, in bet- or the, whatever you said? Anyway, that um, anybody that has ever butchered an animal at home, like a pig, chicken, whatever, you'll you you know what that is. Yeah, yeah. Because I was raised out in the country, and we've always butchered animals. So yeah, you yeah. get to see that firsthand if you do that. So not many people do that yeah, anymore, I yep. guess, but. Absolutely. But absolutely. Yeah. Actually, that's a great way to so to learn this stuff firsthand. Yeah. Oh, or, yeah, man. Uh, honestly, uh, actually, if a guy could go to a slaughterhouse, I mean, that's kind of a kind of a nasty place. And yeah, you learn a lot about anatomy. But yeah, I was going to say you could learn a crap load about anatomy and what you're actually, you know, what's actually going on in an animal. I mean, I, yeah. I don't yeah. know slaughterhouses are nasty and we'd rather kill our own stuff they are they're pretty they're pretty they're pretty yeah. gross but you can even go to uh like your local yeah. butcher and half the time they'll have like a now they may not have you know like the you know the organs still in it but right you can, but you can at least see cage. oh yeah yeah they'll have the rib yeah. cage for sure you, yeah. can, you can take a look at all that so right it's pretty yeah. interesting so, really and i would personally suggest everybody that can to do something like that it's just, I don't know if, if you want to get that far into it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, I always found that stuff interesting, but it's, it's certainly worth looking at. So I think, I think at least in my head, there's three main parts to structural integrity. 
you have your broadhead, you have your insert, and you have your arrow slash carbon. So do your best to pick the three most durable options because those are the most important thing. If any of them fail, you don't have nearly the chance of penetration as you did before. So pick pick the best components that you can, pick the best broadheads that you can, pick the best arrows that you can. Uh, number two, arrow flight. It's a crazy thing. I know we outside of the arrow and or broadhead breaking arrow flight is the next most important thing in the 12 penetration factors. It's wild. And for Uh, me, it's, um, a tie for one and two. Yeah. uh, So I've seen a couple of good debates break out on this, uh, of which, which is more important. Uh, I, I, I think they are both equally important. I think you, you have to have both. If you don't have both, then your penetration is going to suck either way. Everything after this, you can, you can, you can, well, I shouldn't say that you, you, you can't kill an animal with these two because I've seen plenty of guys kill animals with horrible arrow flight. Uh, but, um, yeah, yeah. uh, We we probably, most of us probably have, unfortunately. Um, Mm -hmm. But apparently there is this rumor, this mean, nasty rumor that goes around that the guys who shoot big, heavy arrows with big, heavy broadheads don't care about arrow flight. And that all we're doing is trying to chase mass or trying to chase front of center and arrow flight comes second to everything else. And this is just frankly, it's not true. You should always strive for good arrow flight. You should always strive to have your bow and your arrow completely and fully tuned. What's up? I would say that the guys that actually care enough to go deep into properly building an arrow with high FOC or EFOC, we know how to tune a bow Mm because we've already been down that road and we're like, well, I can do better. Like, so it's not a mystery as to why, like, we're already arrow nerds or bow Mm -hmm. nerds at least. So now we want to be an arrow nerd. It's just the next step. Right. Yeah, and there's you know we're just not the guys that are gonna take our bow to nothing against Cabela's, Matt. I know you work there. You're one of the exceptions, <laughs> but we're not just gonna take I our would, bow. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take my bow to me to have worked on. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, but you know we're not just gonna go to some big box store and drop it off and trust that they're gonna do what what they are supposed to do because right. most places, even a lot of pro shops don't know how to wow. tune as in depth as I do. It's a lot of pro shops. shops. Yeah. Yeah. Really like, is. you know, they'll be like, Oh, you got you shoot 70 pounds. Well, do you want to shoot for speed or do you want to shoot a little bit more weight? It's like, cause mm-hmm. if you shoot for speed, you got to shoot a 400. If you shoot for weight, oh, you want to go Lord. with a 340. And I'm like, I, I want to suck start a 45 right now. That's what I want to do. Yeah. I really the, wish you hadn't said that. Get... The amount of guys that I've seen walk out of a store that shoot a 70 pound bow with a 400 grain or 400 spine arrow is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. yeah I won't lie. I did it for a while. I did too. Yeah. But I right, shot mechanicals, so I didn't know any better. Yeah. A buddy of mine that has a 32 inch, a 32 inch draw, my buddy Sean has a 30, see a 31 or 32 inch draw, uh, shot, uh, uh shoots a, uh, uh, it's a left-handed one or else I would have told you about it, Garrett, uh, hmm. a uh, Destroyer 350, hmm. like stupid fast bow. Yeah. And he shot full length 400s for years hmm. and he's killed a pile of animals doing it. Yeah, but I mean, like, I killed a doesn't... pile of animals with, yeah, 
the destroyer that I had before the one I have now, I was shooting either a 400 or a 330. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But so yeah, shot a mechanical, so couldn't tell how bad my tune was. Mm-hmm. Paper tune just fine, but it you know, mm-hmm. didn't bear shaft at the time. And right. I was I could hit my spots with it. So it really didn't matter. Yep. So we'll go into we'll we'll go more into how to get good aero flight in another podcast. Uh, but just keep in mind, regardless of what you do, like if you don't have good aero flight, if that arrow doesn't enter the animal like squarely and evenly, mm-hmm. your penetration is going to greatly suffer. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's a point in here, a bolded point that I just want to point out real quick. Uh, if your broadheads have a different point of impact than your field points, then your setup is not truly tuned. I'm going to hammer that home. Please, please, please read this and and remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah, if you, you have to cite your bow in for broadheads, yeah, you need not to tuned. get your bow tuned better. Yep. Either you, now or, or or your bow may be tuned, but your arrow is yes, not tuned. Correct. Uh, so yeah, you maybe. Maybe your maybe your bow is tuned. Maybe the pro shop did set it up right, and that's great. I pray to God they did. Uh, yeah, but then you know you have to tune. Yeah, you yeah, have to yeah, tune yeah. the arrow to but, the yeah. bow as well, and you have to tune the fletchings to your broadhead. Right. That's one thing. Not. I want to keep this little tangent short. But have you ever thought about how we should with compounds? Why do we tune the bow to the arrow? I've. Well, I mean. It, we're kind of as I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I mean, if, if everything is in spec brace height and all that, why, why are we messing with it? Why not? Tune well, the you really, to the you, you, well, you, you mean, shouldn't, you, you shouldn't be out of spec. Right. Right. Uh, so you, but you should, I'm just saying, you know, like we add cam lean or, you know, this and that. So I don't know. I'm just, a lot of that's going to be to, to yeah, really, a lot of that, a lot of that's going to be to compensate for the shooter. Like right. they have to, that's you have to add camlene because yeah. And you have to add camlene because the shooter torques it a certain, like one yeah. way or another or something yeah. like that. And, it, I, and I just, usually, it's, yeah. it's usually very minute. It's not, yeah, it's, I wouldn't even say that you're tuning the bow to the arrow. It's just right. You're, well, yeah, you're tuning the bow know. to the shooter. Once you put everything right. to spec and you don't that like, you know, a, a half twist in a bus cable, one way or the other to set the cam lean so your power stroke is right isn't necessarily taking it out of tune because everything's still True. right. True. That is yep. correct. So I would... But it's uh, just, you know, I, I mean, I yeah, don't, for me, I've cheated stuff a lot to get it to shoot good. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I I'll say I'll say this to, to wrap up Aeroflight, and this is more compound specific. Uh, your center shot should be within... A sixteenth. I've seen guys get good arrow flight out of multiple arrows with broadheads uh, out to an eighth of an inch out of center. It just kind of depends on the bow. Like I won't say everyone's thirteen sixteenths. I've seen some elites where it has to be like damn near an inch, Ooh. like fifteen sixteenths, for it to get Which, like for center shot to uh, work. I would argue well. that that bow definitely needed shimmed, but Pro- probably, yeah. probably mm-hmm. uh, that um, prime that so... I had have. I, yeah, I had to have it. It wouldn't shoot even with fletchings. It wouldn't shoot right unless it was at seven eights, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your your rest should be within either a 16th or an eighth absolute max of center shot. Your brace height and your axle to axle measurements 
should be within an eighth of an inch uh, on both of those. So if you have a brace height that's six inches and you shouldn't be any more than like five and seven eighths, well, is it is an inch or do they get or is it an eighth or do they give it a quarter? Is a, is a quarter the um, I don't like the to give, go give of an eighth, but OK, so and try and stick to like, an eighth. But I, you're I even like to go. I just like to be more precise and go a 16th. Yeah, but it kind of depends. Yeah. yeah, but your brace height and your axle axle should be there. Uh, as well as your center shot. So your center shot is the measurement for your rest uh, being in line with the uh, with the center of your riser. Uh, so it's a, it's well the measurement is from the side of your riser, and most of them mm-hmm. are like thirteen sixteenths. Just to give give the newer archers an idea, your axle to axle is literally the measurement from the pin to the pin on both sides of the uh, or from cam to cam. Uh, there's the pin where it goes through the actual limb. That's what you want to measure that off of. And then the brace height is going to be from the deepest part of the grip back to the string. Uh, So measure those three. If you're within spec, then you either you need to change your form or you need to start adjusting cam lean or stuff like that. Uh, Or make sure your arrow is proper. Or make sure your arrow is tuned. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's we'll 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 talk more about that another time. But arrow flight, that's a good place to start. Um, number three, front of center, uh, arrows weight front of center. So, uh, for the newer archers front of center is more or less changing the balance point. Having a higher front of center changes the balance point from the middle of the arrow to the front of the arrow, the more point weight, uh, either broadhead and or field tip or, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Insert, <laughs> uh, insert footer whatever you want to run, uh, that you have the higher your front of center. So Dr. Ashby did a lot of testing. And so uh, there's, there's two parts of, before I get into that, there's two parts of, of FOC that are beneficial. One, there's flight benefits. Uh, if you, when you start bumping your front of center, you get a shorter front lever arm, a longer rear lever arm. You get bet you get a faster reaction coming out of the bow or a quicker recovery, I should say coming out of the bow uh, so your arrow recovers from paradox faster and, uh, uh, it will, uh, well, I shouldn't throw around the word paradox like that. Your, your arrow will recover from, uh, being bent faster, uh, as well as the fletchings on the rear end, not having to have as much because it's, uh, that longer rear lever arm, you don't need as much to control it. Uh, and the, uh, penetration, potential increases once you get past 19 percent uh i believe i am i once again could be wrong dr ashby has over a thousand pages of his reports so could be some one or two things i've missed in there but i believe he said that he didn't see any penetration gains until he hit 19 percent so not not to say that going from 12 to 15 or 18 percent isn't going to help you in the flight category but at least from the testing that he did, it didn't help anything with, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, uh, um, getting over, uh, to see penetration gain, you have to get over 19%. Well, like, like, but like I was saying, like, don't, uh, don't think that going from 12 to 15 or 18, uh, isn't going to be beneficial because it will, it'll help you with flight benefits, but just in the testing that he did, he didn't see any, uh, penetration gain until he hit that 90% mark. And uh, I mean, but increase with FOC. I mean, that's just, if you increase your FOC, like a lot of this 
you know, if guys are getting into a heavier setup, their FOC is going to go up anyways. So you'll see gains from mass, which you can't forget about because that's where a lot of it comes from. Right. But yep. Yeah. Front and center should be a byproduct, really, yeah. of you like creating more mass. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to add mass to your arrow, just add it on the front end. It's really as simple as that. But do not so, forget that you need to go up in spine, <laughs> which goes back to arrow flight. If you have a 340 spine now and you want to bump up to 550 grains, uh, not going to be able to do it probably because you need a stiffer spine. So it goes back to rule number two. Have to have to have the arrow spine to do it. So, uh, yeah, have to have a stiffer spine to support more weight on the front end, more or less. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty simple, all things considered. So it's point number three. Um, Number four is mechanical advantage. Um, Mechanical advantage more or less is the uh, ratio for your width to your length of the broadhead uh, with the number of blades taken into account. So, for example, a uh, one inch wide broadhead that uh, is three inches long and is a two blade has mechanical advantage of 3.0 and uh, 3.0 is kind of a a number that uh, he really liked Um, but the point being the higher the the higher the mechanical advantage the better three to one no the mechanical advantage was 3.0 which would be a three to one yeah single or two blade head gotcha right right yeah we we kind of had another discussion on this but you weren't a part of it because you're not in the cool kids group Blaine so, uh, but, um, yeah, so, so they're, but, but moral of the story, like if you want to increase your penetration, like there, there's nothing wrong with shooting a three blade, a three blade or a four blade. Uh, but if you're going to shoot a three blade to shoot a three blade, something like the Valkyries that have a very high mechanical advantage because it's not a crazy wide cut and, uh, they're long, they're longer, uh, a little more narrow. Now the give up or what you give up on this is a little bit of protection on the front end of it Mm -hmm. on the front end of the broadhead. Uh, but that kind of has to be your trade off if you want a higher mechanical advantage. Uh, now to saying you're giving up durability, we've seen a lot of these longer, good mechanical advantage, broadheads, two blades, three blades, you know, the Ashby's, the tough heads, the Valkyries, et cetera, uh, VPAs, uh take like direct bone hits and have no yeah. issues so if you buy a quality broadhead this shouldn't matter like as much you're uh having having a higher mechanical advantage and being worried about penetration but uh, uh or i'm sorry and and having and worrying about uh structural integrity mm-hmm. but just keep that in mind the higher the mechanical advantage typically the less protection you have yeah. up front uh, so it was like a month ago I shot uh I didn't think I don't think I ever told you guys about that. I shot a uh a Valkyrie three hundred grain Jagger into out of my stick bow at about mm, twenty five yards, twenty yards into mm-hmm. a green, so a pretty fresh uh deer leg from a deer I shot this past year. Do mm-hmm. I shot. Um mm-hmm. right into the the ball, the joint, just blew mm-hmm. that thing apart. And the broadhead is just money after that. I shot it through the scapula a whole bunch, and the thing was money, still razor sharp, and not a not a problem. Yeah, so. 
what was the guy's name? Uh, Garrett, you just ran into him. Chris Dunlap, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. I met him. Chris, Dun- Chris Dunlap. Yeah. Did that. Uh, he did a test on the Valkyrie long time ago where he shot it through yep. a cow femur and like the tip curled a yep. little bit, but like not, yep. not much. And, and, and he I, told you me should that, note he that told the me cow that femur was, literally yeah. blew up. Yeah. It split it in half. That was the, he told me, I didn't even realize cause I've watched his test and everything, but he told me that that, the Valkyrie was the only one that actually split the femur in yeah. half. Yeah. All the other ones, like they'd, you know, take chunks out of it or whatever, but that was the only one that hit it square and it mm-hmm. split it in half. Yeah. So something, something to be said there. Hoping we can get Brent on soon. Yep. Uh, Valkyrie heads are, they're dope. If you're, if you're thinking about them for a micro diameter, you should yeah, probably do that. Definitely do uh, that. Speaking of shaft diameter. Sorry, but I <laughs> me too. I'm you wearing just, the hat. You just ruined my shaft my shaft <laughs> diameter joke. Oh, oh well, uh, it's okay. It is a joke. Um, we, we know that it is a joke. <laughs> it is. Just that's my <laughs> life. Um, shaft diameter. Uh, so number five, the shaft diameter to ferrule ratio is important. So to, like, it is what she said uh to to, to sum this up you don't want your uh you don't want your arrow to be longer to be longer you do want your arrow to be longer boys uh you don't want your arrow to be have a wider diameter than your uh feral uh so i mean this kind of common sense like you can you can buy you know field tips that are too small for your like full size shafts and really this isn't really a big deal if you go to anything smaller than a two forty five like mm-hmm. just yeah. about every every broadhead is bigger than a two than is bigger than a two oh four a two you what is it two two twenty three two oh four one sixty five and now yeah, the out, well the outside diameter is like. 280 something usually for the 224s or whatever mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's like a h yeah. diameter right yeah 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 i think like it's an h not bloodlines or whatever yeah. yeah yeah but point being number five like make sure your broadheads uh feral is larger than your arrow or the same just because now uh yeah or, or or the same uh now hypothetically i i think that you would have a uh, you know, the tissue should tear and kind of move apart, move away from the arrow, but there still is going to be drag like eventually. So the, the less drag that you can create, the better. So that's number five. It's pretty, uh, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, number six is arrow mass. Um, I mean, heavier, the better. Uh, I don't, I don't know what else to say about this. Uh, is where this isn't uh, this isn't focusing on number number twelve just yet, but arrow mass is important. Uh, if you, uh, I mean, obviously it's, but I mean it's important, but it's right in the middle. You know, I've, uh, obviously it should come uh, as a byproduct when you try and bump your front of center. Uh, uh, but you know, we do have five things ahead of it, so uh, don't uh, don't sacrifice arrow mass or front of center just to get past the other things that are ahead of it just to get it you know don't shoot a 650 grain arrow if your arrow flight is dog shit mm-hmm. uh you know shoot shoot as heavy an arrow as you can to that will tune correctly uh now i'll argue that you can get a really heavy arrow to tune pretty well out of just about any bow 
uh, my wife was shooting uh, my arrows uh, last week, 650 grain arrows out of a 43, 44 ish pound bow at a 25 and a half inch draw length mm-hmm. shot fine. And I mean, that's what I mean, that would be the equivalent of uh, uh, what would I say? Be equivalent of about an eight hundred and fifty to nine hundred grain arrow out of out of mm-hmm. my bow for for her and sweet like it was fine so I think you can you can get a pretty heavy heavy bow to to tune up fine uh, but uh, arrow mass is important kinetic energy is not important by the way unless momentum are, is important yeah, say, unless you are taking into account the momentum yes yes but don't kinetic energy is a good reference point for how efficient a bow is uh but if you're looking at pure penetration potential look at momentum and even then all momentum is not created equal if you have momentum that is created by speed that is not equivalent to momentum that is created by mass uh now obviously you want both you want mass and speed that's why we shoot as fast as bows as we can even though we're shooting heavier setups but uh the Momentum, momentum is always going to be key. Always look at momentum numbers. Any calculator, any sh- like shop tech that tells you like, yeah, you need 60 pounds of kinetic energy to kill this animal. Like stop, like just don't, don't listen to them. Kinetic energy doesn't matter in the sense of being able to penetrate things. And uh, this is why she said, yeah, the, this is a bold point in this write up said, this is because kinetic energy is not a predictor of outcome is not, yeah, it's not a predictor of outcome tissue penetration. And by its very definition, not a measure of an arrow's force. Kinetic energy for an arrow is not a force. Is that right? Because it's not, it doesn't have a direction. Yeah. It's not a straight line vector. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Momentum, momentum has direction. Mm-hmm. Kinetic energy does not. Kinetic energy gives you a rating of how hard you are going to hit the animal. But outside of that, it doesn't tell you how that yeah. will carry through. Uh, so, that's yeah. So that's, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk more about this. Cause this is a horse that you can beat and beat and beat and beat and people don't seem to care, but yeah. Anyway, arrow mass, do that. Shoot a heavy arrow. You should be shooting a heavy arrow when you go for front of center. Just keep that in mind. Uh, don't, you know, add weight on the front of your arrow. Don't add it on the back if you don't have to, but you should shoot a lighted knock because lighted knocks are dope. Uh, so where are we at? That was number six. That was six, seven, seven is blade edge finish. So once again, I I feel like this kind of, this should go without saying, but like apparent, apparently a lot of people, don't like smooth blades, uh, but smooth blades are going to get more penetration than uh, either hills, I guess the hill style, like serrated edges, uh, a lot of edges that you see on like Magnus broadheads uh, and a handful of others, you know, your kitchen knife serrated blade. Which is, uh, like, it's interesting. That's interesting to me. I mean, the misconception is that like people will be like, well, I talked to a surgeon and it's much harder to close a cut that has been cut by a serrated serrated blade. It's like, well, yeah, but you're not trying to close this cut. You mm-hmm. want it to bleed the most. I've cut myself right. with a serrated knife. It doesn't 
I mean, it bleeds, but it doesn't bleed all that right. much because it just tore stuff. It didn't actually cut me right. like it did. It cuts you, but it doesn't cut you smooth. So you've got a there's plenty mm-hmm. of space for stuff to clot. Yeah, exactly. And that's uh, I, Isaac does a really good rant on this. So we'll we'll have him back on to talk about it. But when you cut with a serrated blade uh, now, obviously, if you completely cut a blood vessel uh, in half, it doesn't really matter. Right. But on the ones where it's like where it's. Uh, you know, you cut a little bit of it or, you know, half of it, quarter of it. If you, if you cut it with a serrated, uh, blade, the little tags on the, uh, on the cut portion will clot easier. I think it's called thombrin, uh, is, is released more or less. So, uh, uh, a, uh, yeah, your, your body has, a yeah, your body it's, has it's, a compound that it releases in uh, that. a, a yeah. clotting. Yeah. Clotting mechanism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's because uh, God knew what he was doing when he when he yeah. created people. Yeah. I guess we don't uh, want to die, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, uh, and by you know, God, evolution, whatever you want to think. I guess uh, uh, we, the majority of uh, creatures that walk the earth, have the ability to clot blood mm-hmm. uh, to prevent <laughs> to prevent themselves from dying. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the the smoothest uh, thing that you can you can cut with is the is the best. Uh, so get your broadheads razor sharp and make sure it is a nice clean edge and this also goes to the point of uh like we were talking about with uh with wojo with jason that uh when you shoot an animal with a like a crazy sharp uh uh and it, it can be a two or three blade it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a a single bevel uh but when you shoot an animal with a razor sharp slick broadhead half the time they don't know what happened uh and mm-hmm. and this Just is right through them yeah, it just goes right through them, and they're, and they're and it's the same thing. Like when you when you cut yourself shaving, like you'll be mm-hmm. sitting there sitting there shaving, and like you like oh, go to go to bleeding. go to wash out your razor. Yeah, then you look back up, and it looks like a murder scene happened. And you're saying, <laughs> or like yeah. we talked about uh, with the flip and, tricks and, earlier, where all of us have cut ourselves, and we're like, oh, I'm bleeding. Yeah, crap. Yeah, Holy crap, I'm bleeding. Yeah, I did serrate, that was a Valkyrie. Serrated edge. Yeah, yeah, serrated edge. You like, know you cut yourself. These, 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 yeah, these mm-hmm. animals kick yeah. like a damn mule because yeah, they're all like, "What? What the hell just happened?" Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, a clean, clean blade finish, a smooth blade finish. Mm-hmm. That's so we should be doing stropping it. Uh, I think Jason mentioned that too. Like stropping is your friend. Like go oh, yeah. and and you don't have to spend a ton of money. Like go buy a freaking ten dollar leather belt from Walmart and yeah. and That's strop your broadheads on it. Yeah, it works. It works fine. Works, works fine. Good. Um, Actually, what I do, well. Never mind. That's no, go for it. Go for it. Comes no. on. Go for it. Um, I, I run the Valkyrie system. Everybody mm-hmm. and their brother knows that. Ah, I'm actually going to try some other stuff out too this year. But so I have the their sharpening kit with the wheel and stuff that you put on a grinder, and mm-hmm. you know you run it through that, and then you know your coarse coarse side, and then your smooth side. Your your uh, what the heck does he call it? Like the the buffer wheel, I guess, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and then I strop it still afterwards, even though I probably don't need to, but not a bad idea. And I, I do that in there like stupid sharp. I do that yeah. with those single bevels too, not on yep. that wheel, but just with my, yeah, I wish, I wish, I wish I was ballsy enough to sharpen my single bevels on a wheel. <laughs> I'm just not good enough. I've tried um, it. I have not been successful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've effed up really, a couple. I just need to I need to send 
my broadheads to Isaac and just have him yeah, sharpen them up with his, K, with his KME. I told him yeah. I was going to send them to him, but I haven't. Or, or just, or just convince my wife I need to buy a KME sharpener. One of the, right. one of the two. Ask me for I'm going to go with the latter. Yeah, <laughs> not wrong. Um, so number eight is shaft profile. Uh, so basically, this is saying that tapered shafts will do better than parallel shafts. And I think this is for two reasons. One, because uh, a shaft, so a tapered shaft is a shaft that is larger in the front than it is in the back. Parallel shaft is the same size from the front to the back. I think shaft profile increases penetrations because of two reasons. One, it increases penetration because as it goes through the animal, there is less drag the further down the arrow you go. So that's reason number one. Reason number two is because in the testing that I have seen Isaac and Rob do, the arrow recovers or either recovers from paradox faster or it cuts through the air like it's more aerodynamic mm-hmm. i guess uh um maybe maybe it's the opposite aerodynamic no it would know. be I more guess, aerodynamic because because there's less resistance be, on the back the yep the front end is larger so it pushes more air out of the way it's kind of like yeah. uh the turbulator tape that i use on my arrows yeah it disrupts yeah. the air yeah. basically in front of it and it makes it right well it's like it's like drafting Mm -hmm. right like a nascar for all the nascar guys out there you know you get get behind uh get behind another car and there's not as much force applied on yours Mm -hmm. man i'm so glad we got to make a nascar NASCAR. reference in our bow hunting (laughs) podcast man i i feel my mullet growing right now like i feel it i feel it um but uh so i i think that's reason number two and i think in in the testing that he did um a that the Isaac and Rob did with his lab radar at 20 yards, a tapered shaft of the same weight as a parallel shaft was losing speed at half the rate. Hmm. That's insane. Literally half the rate. Yeah, it's wild. Now, I don't know if that's going to keep holding up as it keeps going further out. I think like the parallel shafts were losing it uh, at 20 yards. They had lost like six or seven feet per second. And I think the tapered shafts had only lost like three feet per yeah, second. Three or four. So I, yeah, no, I do remember. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, I'm, and there's only the only tapered shaft that's out right now that I'd recommend is the TDTs from Grizzly Stick. Yep. Uh, uh, I'm going to try and get some of these aerodynamics to test them, but I just, I kind of have a gut feeling that the carbon's going to be really brittle, but, uh, so Grizzly Stick TDTs, or if you can find some of the older momentum blacks, those are really dope too. Yep. You should buy those. Or you can spend like $250 um, on those new victory whatever the heck those were oh those are target micro though they are so yeah actually i would not suggest those because those are probably they're actually pretty thin wall. <laughs> yeah the, the gpi was like crazy crazy low or yeah. or or you can go get the new t64s from easton the new full metal jackets they're only 500 dollars a dozen <laughs> well i just had an aneurysm thanks matt <laughs> <laughs> We've lost Garrett. Yeah, <laughs> and they're going to bend uh, after how many shots? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I'll never get to uh, test. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think I'm... Well, yeah, they know. probably won't never give us any, you know? No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. If they don't give them to me, I'm not testing them. So. Nope. But I, I, I guess uh, um, Evan might have the hookup on him. Like, oh, Evan yeah. said he was going to buy some to, to try out. Nice. Mm. So... No, we'll see. Um, so that's number eight. Number nine is the broadhead and arrow silhouette. 
Um, this is uh, r- really all this is saying, I'm not going to spend too much time on this is, uh, if you are, um, don't make your, make sure that your, uh, increase in diameter from the edge of the broadhead up to the arrow is gradual and not sudden. Uh, don't go like super thin blade and then just boom, hit it with the, the full, uh, size of the size of the shaft like it needs to gradually move up to it and that's gonna oh, you mean like dissipate the resistance you mean like every replaceable blade broadhead that exists almost i don't know what you're talking about here <laughs> <laughs> but yes uh uh or i think uh um as much as i really want to try these broadheads i think have you ever seen uh um steel force uh fixed blades yeah they they're pretty i don't i don't want to say they're a thin blade because they're they're not they're not thin but they're thinner uh yeah well yeah the that they're way thicker than most like you know mechanicals or replaceable fixed blades but uh the uh but it's a fairly skinny uh blade all the way up into the ferrule and then it's like boom like this freaking huge chunk of a ferrule i actually have some do you no, I have the regular, I forget what they're even called. I don't have the single bevels, but regular double double oh. bevel. Gotcha, go gotcha. One. Just for fun. Okay, yeah, go grab one. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about the next point while you're doing that. Um, so point number 10 is the type of edge bevel. Um, so single bevel broadheads, okay. So this is actually something new that I saw that I didn't I didn't know. I I guess I just I've had this part wrong for a while. I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, so all broadheads, single and double bevel. I, I think they were all two blades. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you see you see how that's just like it like it's just real thin and then just like like fatty McNasty feral on there. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I've, it's not like my meatheads. Let me try and pull one of these off the packaging without freaking cutting the crap out of myself. These meatheads move up like really mm-hmm. gradually. And it's and those are, not, yeah, yeah, like that. Yep. Yeah, the, those are the Ashby's, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but those like Steel Force ones, and I think Steel Force makes yeah, decent broadheads, but pretty nice heads. The, the, big, the big jump in this is, prohib- is prohibitive to penetration potential but this is number nine so take that with a grain of salt um but number 10 was the type of edge bevel now uh like i was saying before this is something that i didn't i i think i've just gotten wrong up until this point but in a uh in one of ed's discussions at the i think it was at the compton mm-hmm. bow hunters is it there a Compton? it was in mm-hmm. kalamazoo michigan i know that uh um uh one of the get-togethers there he talked about the single bevel versus double bevel, and he actually said that every broadhead over 650 grains uh, that he tested, single or double bevel, now I think they had still had to be a two blade, uh, but all of them penetrated bone uh, on those mm-hmm. Asiatic buffalo. So, but but the uh, the plus side of single bevels is their bone splitting capability and is their that- ability to... Con- What's up? Yep. Go ahead and their ability to continue to rotate through the body cavity. So uh, Isaac, when he shot that doe uh, a couple years ago and he did that really good autopsy video, uh, he shot it with, I think it was a Maasai, which yeah. is an inch and an eighth cut. 
mm-hmm. and he measured out the entrance wound at like two and a half, so two and three that. quarters of an inch. Huge. It was crazy. And uh, and just when he when he opened it up, the the like just absolute devastation that happened on the inside of that dough was yeah. just insane. Yeah. So it was impressive. Single bevels are are, are helpful. Uh, not that, uh, you know, double bevels are still plenty capable, mm-hmm. uh, uh, regardless if it's a two blade or a three blade. Uh, and I, I think, uh, mechanical advantage matters way more than the type of the bevel personally, but I'm a fan of single bevels. Uh, if I can, if I can shoot one, I will, but if, uh, you know, like I'm going to try and shoot, uh, you know, a silver flame max XL at a Turkey and I would shoot those at, at a deer too. Uh, and they're they're a double bevel, and I I wouldn't have any qualms about that. Mm-hmm. I've tried to convince Brent to try and find a way to make the Valkyrie single bevel. I asked him if he would send me a blank to where I could try and grind it as a single bevel. <laughs> How'd that go? It didn't go well. <laughs> I'm actually I think I'm gonna order some of those hurricanes just to try yeah, the three blade. Mm-hmm. Well, who's the is a red feather? Is that the no red? phoenix red feather there's a, there's another yeah something there's like another that. it's a bigger three blade single bevel uh, uh mm-hmm. fixed blade uh it's interesting it looks interesting but yeah so number 10 single bevel is better than double bevel but it is number 10 so yeah take it with a grain of salt uh number 11 is tip design and a tonto tip worked best uh i can't I, I'm going to butcher like trying to describe a Tonto tips. So just look it up, but it's just the end of the broadhead. This I'm going to hold up this to the camera. That is a Tonto tip. It's basically a tip that doesn't come. Uh, it doesn't come all the way straight to the edge. It kind of shores up the front of it by making it wider immediately and then going on with the rest of the profile of broadhead. Uh, so uh, it basically uh, it, it, it shortens the broadhead by probably on a, on like this meathead that I'm looking at, it shortens it by probably, I'd say a eh, quarter inch or so, but it gives you a lot more stability on the, or, uh, um, uh, durability on the front. So even though this is number 11, I kind of put this back up there with number, uh, one with structural integrity, like the tip design on your broadhead is going to make a really big difference. And I've seen, uh, like if we're going to some of the cheap mechanicals, their tip design is horrible. Oh God. Did you see the picture of the new thorn broadhead that's coming out? Mm-hmm. Dude. Uh, yeah. I don't know how that's oh, going to go. Lord in heaven. Mm-hmm. Oh, it looks like a ball. It literally pin, like, it looks like a clicky pen. There's like a claw on the front yeah. of it. It looks like, it I looks like it. a clicky pen. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. It looks, yeah, it looks like a, it looks like a clicky pen with, uh, like a judo, like a small game head on the yeah. front of it. Like, I don't know how that's supposed to aid in going through yeah. things. Weird stuff. These And it doesn't, it doesn't cut anything until that stupid clicky pen point gets yep. pushed in. Cause there's a, there's a piece of like weed eater line that you shove in it and Jeez. cut off. And that's what holds your blades in. Yeah. That sounds really smart. Yeah. Um, didn't somebody it else does something that's yeah, that's something <laughs> back in the, wasn't there somebody that made who made that one broadhead? It, it was the only mechanical they made, and you, the front pushed in. True fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's yeah, what I have one in my tackle box. It's yeah. a piece of junk. Yeah, that's what I thought. Back in the day, <laughs> I always wanted to try one of those when I shot a compound. 
Yeah. Yeah, I shot a groundhog with one and nothing happened. It just went through it like a field point. Nice. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Sweet. Um, so number 12, but the often most talked about because apparently it's the only thing we care about is arrow mass above the heavy bone threshold. 650 oh grain gosh. number. What? We're that's the last thing on the list. And yet everybody thinks that's the only thing we look at. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Number 12. Now yeah, uh, I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm going to read a couple of the bold points on here. Uh, because I think they're important. Uh, so the heavy bone threshold is, is 650 grains for complete and total transparency. This testing was done on Asiatic Buffalo. And the reason it was done on Asiatic Buffalo is because the ribs overlap. So yes, we understand that, uh, uh, Asiatic Buffalo are probably a little bit tougher than the white tails that people are hunting, you know, out out east, even in the Midwest, and if you're down in Texas, you're hunting whitetails the sides of, you know, German shepherds. Uh, but if you uh, if if you shoot this arrow weight uh, at 650 grains, then uh, the proof is kind of in the pudding that you're you're going to have a, a higher chance, a high, much higher chance of of having a, a good penetration, a deadly amount of penetration on the animal. So I'm going to read a couple of these these bold points. Um, the degree of front of center shows no effect on the heavy bone threshold. I like to note that some, some, you know, a lot of guys are like, Oh, you know, it's, you have to have both of these. Well, not really. Uh, I, I would like to have high front of center. If you've got 650 grains and you don't have over 19%, uh, something weird is going on. Uh, but you're shooting a really heavy shaft, but uh, I guess it, it could, it could be done and still have a decent tune, I suppose. Uh, but the degree of front of center shows no effect on the heavy bone threshold, but it does show a significant penetration and in increase once the bone is breached. So front of center, uh, um, will really help your penetration when you actually breach heavy bone and, and the penetration that happens afterwards. So the other bold, That's that kind of, that point goes back to what we were talking about before with arrow flight in front of center, the arrow recovers quicker. So once you have that impact flex, there is less impact flex because the arrow doesn't have to spend as long trying to recover yep. after that. Yep. Hard hit. that shorter front lever arm. It like it will can, it will begin to snap and break that bone. It will create more force and push on that bone. So that's time of impulse. So it, it's, yep. it's how long, how long that bone takes to break, mm -hmm. uh, and, and or split. So, uh, yeah. So the other bold point in this, uh, this is in no way saying that you can only hunt with an arrow or broadhead combination that is 650 grains or heavier. Nor is it saying that you can never breach heavy bone with an arrow below 650 grains. This is strictly saying that when heavy bone is encountered, your chances of breaching bone and harvesting that animal are significantly increased if your arrow weight is around 650 grains or higher. Uh, now, could the true bone threshold for your typical, even we'll pick like the, the most common largely hunted uh, animal in North America probably the elk, right? Like, uh, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, uh, moose are bigger, but not being people get to hunt moose, tons of guys get to hunt elk. Could yep. the heavy bone threshold be 550 grains on a moose, 600 grains, maybe, but we won't, we won't know. And I don't think I, we, we don't know right now. And I don't think we're ever going to get to know unless somebody wants to donate just a ton of, 
freshly killed elk uh, that uh, we can try and shoot through uh, either the pelvic, pelvic bones while it's still intact or the, the front shoulder, uh, the actual shoulder shoulder, not the scapula. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, the whole reason the Asiatic buffalo was used in this testing is because every time you shoot into it, you will penetrate heavy bone. You have to because those ribs overlap. Uh, so that's, that's the whole reason everyone, you know, oh, you know, it's, it's a water buffalo. It's not applicable. Well, I mean, I, I guess, I guess you could say that, but I mean, the rib on a buffalo is still thinner than the, like, than the actual shoulder of an elk. So is it like, I mean, granted there, there are, there still are some differences as far as, you know, tension that was on the bones and stuff like that. Uh, um, but 650 grains is what we know for now. So we're going to we're going to keep going with that as point number 12. Now, this does jump up near the top. If you encounter heavy Mm -hmm. bone, then your uh, your 650 grains becomes much more important. Now, if you're shooting tissue, this doesn't matter. You can shoot 400 grain if you if all you hit is tissue, soft tissue. Uh, But if you hit heavy bone, uh, the the numbers and this is the stat I was talking about at the very beginning. Don't lie that this this is helpful. Now, I will say from not from my personal experience, but from other people's personal experience, uh, even this, if you're obviously structural integrity is number one, but I've had a lot of guys, uh, you know, either message me or talk to me or whatever and say they were shooting a 650 grain plus arrow and they still didn't get deadly penetration. And I think a big part of that is animal twitch uh, and the animal's muscles moving, contracting around as the arrow enters them. Uh, that's obviously not something that they were able to take into, uh, 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 you know, try this out while they were testing uh, um, and, and a handful of other things. Right. But uh, even even at 650 grains on on live actual animals, I don't I still don't think it's 100 percent guarantee. Uh, but it does, it does stack, it does stack the deck in your favor, but this is the, this is the stat I wanted, I wanted to call out. So on that note, uh, I would say trying mm -hmm. to shoot at calm animals is always your best bet. Whether you're shooting, it's especially important with a trad bow because you're a lot slow, moving a lot slower, um, especially with a heavier, heavier Mm -hmm. arrow, but with any bow, I think it's pretty important to learn how to read animal body language and, I mean, it's not always possible to shoot a perfectly calm animal, but if you can, wait until they're calm before you take your shot because a tense animal is always going to, you know, it's going to react differently than a... Yeah, if a deer or elk is alert and staring at you and it ducks your arrow, it's not because your bow was too slow. Exactly. It's because you chose a poor time to shoot. Yeah. So... Uh, so this is the stat I wanted to pull out, uh, at the, I'm trying to find the, uh, the data from 2007 to 2008 of the penetration enhanced, uh, EFO, EFOC arrows having a weight at or above 650 grains demonstrate demonstrated a 100% bone breaching rate on Asian Buffalo for 196 consecutive shots with one out of every five of those shots being taken from a 40 pound bear formula, silver recurve bow. So for all those guys that think 
there, uh, you know, and we talked about this, Jason, last week, uh, you know, you're going out to old country, you think you're undergunned with your 45, you know, 40, 45, maybe when you think you're undergunned at a 50 pound recurve or longbow, mm-hmm. you're not, you just need to build your arrow right now. You're going to severely limit your, your, uh, trajectory and your, uh, effective distance. Uh, but you can, uh, you can certainly, I mean, I just cut myself with this stupid tough head. Dang it. <laughs> um, uh, you can certainly they're sharp folks. Yeah, they're sharp. Careful. Um, you can certainly, uh, you can certainly kill big animals with lighter bows if you have your arrow set up, right? Oh yeah. Uh, so I just, I just wanted to point that out. And I guess, uh, so real kill, uh, data collected on setups of these types are currently over 17, 1700, uh, um, shots on Cape and, and Asiatic Buffalo 96 and 96 on elephant as of 2019, apparently the beginning of 2019. So there you go. That's your, that's your 12 penetration factors. Um, yeah. A couple caveats for the back. Like this one goes back to the mechanical advantage of your head. Um, the longer your blades are, the longer they will stay sharp going through an animal, mm-hmm. which is another bold point here. It just says the longer broadhead holds its pre-hit level of sharpness as it penetrates, the more efficiently it cuts, which is kind of a no-brainer. Like if you have a two-inch knife and you stab something, you've only got two inches of cut and then however far you can push it in. But if you've got a six-inch knife, the back half of that knife is going to be much sharper than the front half mm-hmm. as it starts to cut stuff. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, I would also like to take this moment to point out without mentioning any brands in particular. Um, if you can take your broadhead blade and twist it into a pretzel, then it is a very soft steel and it's not going to hold an edge. I don't care what quote unquote, factory or uh, trade secrets you have on your hardening process you're uh i'm gonna go back to uh, it can't I, be that hard can it if it bends like that no that's what i'm saying it, it's it's too doesn't it's, that go against the it's too the, soft isn't that a contradictory thing yes that if it bends it instead of breaking that the hardness isn't that high y- yeah well I, I never said it was hard i'm just saying i'm saying it's way too well, right it's but way like too soft. you know those two things want those two things don't go together yeah. So. yeah you have to have a relatively hard broadhead for it to have good edge retention like there, there is no yeah. way around it uh and i i watched uh um if you guys ever want to feel like a real freaking idiot like i'm a mm-hmm. i'm you know i'm a i'm a software engineer by trade i like to think of myself as a fairly competent and halfway intelligent individual. And, uh, uh, today after, uh, there, I saw a couple pictures of their patent released for the, uh, new, um, string stop, new titanium string stop, uh, fire knock. Um, I watched a couple of videos today of Dorge. I, I think, mm-hmm. I think it's pronounced Dorge, Dorge Hong mm-hmm. cho- uh, talk yeah. today. Oh my God. Like, Oh my, like I have no idea what you're saying, dude. sir. Like, like, like I said, I, I, I like <laughs> to think of myself as a relatively smart individual and like, like dude, he, he is literally like one of the smartest yeah. humans I've ever heard talk. The point being, uh, if, if, if George doesn't know about this, like weird trade secret you got going on, it's not a trade secret. You're just selling a broadhead. That's too soft and the blades nope. won't break. 
But all that's going to happen is your blades are going to bend and then you're going to stop penetration. And as you're going through the animal, the blades are going to stop cutting because it lost its it lost its edge the second it entered it. So I just and your arrow is going to be stuck in the hole, which is going to yep. stop the bleeding. The bleeding yep. So. yep. Especially because it may or may not be a, fr- a, a front deploying broadhead. So the front hole is going to be small. I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we'll get proven wrong if we ever get sent any of these heads. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see if they show up or not. I'm not holding my breath. Um, no, I'm not either. I'd probably die. Yeah. Uh, How long can you hold your breath before you pass out? Like uh, five minutes? Uh, uh, David Blaine did it for like 15 minutes, or he tried to do it for like 10 minutes well, on well, TV. I mean, I am i don't know if you've seen me, but I'm not David Blaine, nor am I a magician. So. <laughs> I've been training for this, Matt. I've been training for David this. David Blaine. Um, <laughs> okay, well, that's that's your 12 penetration factors. We're bumping up against like an hour and 25 minutes. Uh do everybody's so entertained i know yeah i was i'm probably sure this was a real zinger um (laughs) are is there anything else we're trying to cover like anything else we want to talk about like i said this is kind of gonna kind of be the beginning we're we're gonna we'll probably like this whole back to the basics thing we'll probably do a quick one on bow tuning probably a quick one on building arrows like if you want to build your own arrows like this isn't exactly going to be like huge late breaking stuff to the guys that that already do all this. Uh, so we'll, to be honest, we'll probably drop in listenership a little bit, but that's okay. Cause we want to put out content for the guys who are kind of new as well. Uh, so you guys that, yeah, you guys that already know what you're doing, yeah. uh, so, well, you know what you're doing. Yeah. So there are plenty of people that we have. We actually, I mean, I think we have a lot of new listeners. I know I've referred quite a few people that are like, well, I want to get mm-hmm. into a heavier build, but I don't know where to start. Yep. And this is one of the places. Yep. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe next one will be like a building arrows, like actually going through all the steps to to ha- like what we do to actually build a set of arrows. And that'll be kind of fresh in mm-hmm. my mind I'm because I'm literally going to build some tomorrow. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, done deal. Uh, so that'll that'll be our next one after we have our next guest on, which I don't know who it is at this point. Uh, I We've got a couple people that are like, to go but i don't know i don't know who it's gonna be god i just cut Same myself again that. dude i quit Did you stop touching stuff i can't Jeez. i've literally cut my thumb and i now i have a little tiny cut Jeez. on my index finger from these meatheads. play with the dull broadhead that's also sitting in front of you oh yeah there we go i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna cut this loose. one is actually sharp and cuts you cut it <laughs> uh. oh, not here i'll it's too bad uh, this isn't the other one where you might need to. Well, you'd be lubed up and ready to go with the vegetable oil. So <laughs> slice. <laughs> Still nothing, huh? Nothing. Nothing. No. We're watching Matt on the video for those that's, who that's can cool. only see, listen to us. So yeah. I'm pressing down on these blades that uh, are literally bending from the pressure and I don't have a mark on me. Try Go it now me. with the tough head. No, avocado hand yourself with the tough head. (laughs) Gone, finger gone. Um, It'll it'll, uh, sew up real nice because it'll be a nice even cut. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, have a little Um, Deadpool baby hand for a while. (laughs) Oh man, I love that scene. (laughs) You sit on the couch. 
Oh man, <laughs> this 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 podcast getting out of control. Um, okay, so <laughs> yeah, do we not... do we have anything else? Do we have any something we want to talk about? I don't know. I just want to go shoot this. You're kind of all over the place, but it was it was good. Yeah, yeah there I... you go. Yeah, you gotta. Well, you both have new bows. You both need to go shoot. I need to build side. arrows. So what are you gonna? Well, I don't know what I'm. Huh? What are you gonna build on that? What are you gonna build for that? I don't know. I have some BAP 300s, but I cut six of them. Like, I have a dozen of them, but six of them are, yeah, six of them are way too short, I'm pretty sure. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I might Maybe. just build a, mm-hmm. I'll probably stick with a 300. Just for 3D, I'm going to shoot a 300. Yeah. It'll be a little underspined even still, but it'll be all right. Yeah. Field tips. Field tips won't matter. Yeah, I think I figured up that I can still be in the quote unquote yellow if I do like 150 grains up front and I'm still at like, I don't know, 430 or 450 grains or something. Mm-hmm. But they I, have, I might go lighter than that. We'll see. Do they have speed limits uh, for your 3D league or anything like that? I don't have a league. So okay. what, all the stuff I do, I don't think so, but I'll have to double check. I just go to big shoots. Mm-hmm. Oh hey, yeah. By the way, are, this is kind of off topic, but are either one of you going to uh, Total Archery Challenge anywhere? Uh, I was gonna go to Montana, and then it sold out in like 15 minutes for this Holy year. Sh- yeah. Dang it! I missed it. Like I didn't even know. Like they, well, so they had an email thing that you could sign up for. Oh, for like it. pre-sale. Yeah. And those <laughs> emails went out, and it sold out com- like completely sold out uh, from those emails. Dang it. Yeah, I, so I was like, going to go last year. I bought tickets and everything for all three days. What? Yeah. What? I, and you didn't I, go? No, I couldn't get what? off work. What? No. That's not what you bought the tickets. You just say you're leaving. I know. I should have. <laughs> That's how work. Yeah. That's how my work works. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I'll just be like, I'm not going to be here for three days. Bye. Right. Pretty much. And make it up later. Have been. <laughs> ah, I was pissed. But like, oh. I would have said I needed mental health days or something. Right. Well, I might go to the one in South Dakota. It's a little bit closer anyway. We'll see. And now I'm now you got me curious. I'm yeah, you up. better check now. Yeah. Yeah. I know I was invited to go to the one down in I think it's in Tennessee or Kentucky, yeah. one of the two. And uh I would, but the wife so I only get like a certain amount of vacation and I'm going on a week of vacation with the wife and the other week and remaining vacation I'm taking all that to go elk hunting. So Total Archery Challenge is getting the cut this year. Sorry. Yeah. It's not happening. I want to go. We have the really want to, Northwest. But... We have the Northwest Mountain Challenges up here yeah. too. Oh, so that, there's one in, at Hoodoo. There's one at Hoodoo, yep. the Hoodoo Ski Resort here in Oregon. And then there's one in Stevens Pass, yep. Washington, I think. We'll probably go to both of those. I've always yeah. been jealous of people but... who can go to those shoots. I think yeah, I went last year. It was really was cool. Awesome. I shot terribly the second day because I was shooting my silverback the whole weekend, Mm. but it happens. We shot the hardest course the second day though. So Uh, a buddy of mine that a buddy of mine that I literally like got into archery this year. uh, I gave him a couple pieces of gear that I had laying around to to get into it. That sold out too. Man, (laughs) you're out of, you're out of luck, bro. But uh, I sold him uh, a couple pieces of gear, uh, accessories. I think I sold him a, well, I think I gave him a site and a couple other things. 
uh, but I sold him a uh, my wise guy release, and he said that he picked up a silverback and mm-hmm. like immediate, like didn't even do uh, any, like he just went straight to back tension, and he said mm-hmm. immediately his groups got tighter. Oh like, yeah, literally the, the first group he shot. Yeah, so. I like the I have the Noctua and the silverback now, and I like the Noctua for like commandability, but I'm going to start shooting the silverback again and just shoot that for the foreseeable the whole, future. Yeah. The whole last year I shot a compound. I only shot a, a hinge. That's all I shot. I shot one for a little while, but I was not afraid really? of that. I shot the, uh, I like the, I like back tension more. Like I would, I could cheat a hinge a lot more than I could cheat. Uh, yeah, back tension. you can. I shot the, uh, true ball HBC, HBX and what else? couple other ones i started out with the carter honey i think but hmm. with a safety but yeah i might end up switching to a thumb release just so i can extend my draw length by a half inch and try and gain yeah. a little more speed <laughs> and hey dude that darting fast well, i want to see what speeds you're getting out of it uh so i'm going to swap the 60 pound or 60 pound 60 percent like mod uh what are they called uh it's not the mod itself, but it's this little thing that like bolts onto the mod and mm-hmm. uh, it switches it from like 85 down to 60%. So I'm going to put the 60% on there. And then uh, after, after that, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to see where the draw length is at. I think it's probably going to be a little too short after that, because it's probably going to shorten it up by like a quarter inch. And mm-hmm. I'm going to try and start shooting a thumb release We'll see where that puts my draw length. And if it's too short, then I will pick up a 20. I'll pick up another half inch uh, longer mods and uh, and shoot those instead. Because I, I know I can shoot up to 28 and a half, 28 and three quarter pretty easily. I'm just more comfortable at 28. Uh, yeah, and, but I mean, if you're yeah, if that mod shortens it up a, a quarter inch, then you can squeak it out. Just yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, I'll. Uh, um, I haven't put it on a chrono yet. I uh, lab radars over at uh, over my dad's place, so I need to hmm. break that out. Speaking of the lab radar, I'm hoping that uh, I don't know. It won't be. I know it won't. Be, it maybe towards the end of April I can start putting uh, putting this test together for uh, ten different bows, ten different arrows, and really put this whole uh, uh, peak efficiency arrow. A weight thing between 400 to 500 grains like to bed and just be done with it mm-hmm. just like just bury mm-hmm. every possible thought that that was a thing uh so uh hopefully have that guy have have that coming for you guys i've i've been it's something i've been talking about and trying to trying to get together for a while and i think i've got a local shop that's going to let me use their bows enough to actually shoot those arrows through it so yeah but that's a. Uh, that's about all I've got. You guys have anything else before we wrap this one up? Mm, not really. Mm, I don't think so. All right. Cool. Well, once again, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, you know, like the page, subscribe on the podcast, leave us a good review, all that fun stuff. Uh, I think by the time we drop this, stickers are going to be available, uh, probably. Uh, yeah. So Okay. So I think this is what we're going to do. I hope I'm not wrong because I'm going to have to edit it. Uh, nah. two for five. So the stickers yep. came out a little bit smaller than we thought. So we yep. were gonna charge. What were we? We were gonna charge three bucks yeah. a piece, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we probably if we sold them for like two bucks or two fifty, like it, it's gonna it's a really small sticker. So we're gonna sell two for five. Uh, and 
we're going to give you the option to uh, make an additional donation. Uh, if you donate, I, I think at this point it's gonna be like an extra five bucks. We're going to put your name up on the website if you want to name and or business slash like company. I don't know, whatever. As a honestly, like, we could just do any amount. Yeah. Yeah. It all yeah, goes. Yeah. You know what? Help. Yeah. You're, you're <laughs> going to go on the, the thankful it's, donor page. Uh, this isn't a uh, for profit institution. Yeah. Yep. This is, this is uh, just, I mean, we have slight operating costs, but that's it. So, yeah. So, literally, like, total operating costs in this, like, per month right now is like 25, 30 bucks, give or take so for everything. So, cheap. uh, we're, we're just going to try people. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah yeah so we're we're gonna and you know and if if we don't sell a single one of these things and i don't care i'm gonna keep paying for all the stuff but uh uh you know that'll that'll help us out a little bit and kind of get the get the wife off my case uh nah, <laughs> she, she she hasn't she hasn't complained about it she doesn't care either she's supportive uh but it'll it'll be it'll be helpful uh just to for us to and and things like like those donations like will make it easier for me to buy like 20 arrows 20 completely different arrows because i'm gonna have to buy singles for everything uh and that will add up pretty pretty quick uh, but any any little donations cool so if you want to do that then you'll get a you'll get a shout out on the website and uh we'll be forever thankful so stickers are coming they're gonna be here soon uh like subscribe give us a good review don't give us a bad review and uh we'll talk to you guys next week so until then stay lethal <laughs>